Welcome to Off the Rip with your hosts that front like they know the most. We talking smack about whoever, whatever is currently on our minds. We ain't no experts, so don't get hurt if we say something that rubs you the wrong way. This is a place where ideas get thrown out and tossed around. If you can't take the heat, get up out the kitchen. We about to serve them up. It's Reem D, Mook, and Shiz. It's Off the Rip. Nothing in common. Nothing to say, nothing in common. I can't stay, come for the comments. Hello, good morning. Tell me what the lick read. You are back with your host that always be fronting like they know the most. You know what I'm saying? We here with Shiz. What's good, Shiz? Yo, yo, yo. Shiz all the way out in uh, Middle Earth, Narnia, Dragonlands. I'm up in the mountains. Up in the mountains, yo. In the Shire. That's Top what's of the up, morning. Yeah. What's good, Mook? How you doing? Good and yourself, sir? Good, man. I want to say uh, Dahlia posted a picture of of uh, Zoe trying to get the uh, Starbucks, and I was laughing at that for like five minutes. That was pretty funny. That was very cute. Um, what's up? What's up, T? Not much, man. Just, just trying to get by. Hey, man, you had a couple good fishing days, though. I seen that. Mm. Oh yeah, it's been it's been great. You know, the the fall fall's a good season for that outdoor stuff. Yeah, word, man. Yo. And I'm uh, the guy who don't need no introduction, but for those who don't know, you know, they call me the Don, the, the Don Dada, the best to ever do it, to ever done it. You know what I'm saying? But we here now. We here now. I can't, so I can't wait to meet those people you call they. <laughs> Yo, they always <laughs> counting against me, dog. They always count me out, bro. Yo, they it's wanna, like. They don't want to see me succeed, man. Uh-oh. Sound like some paranoia there. <laughs> they they after me, bro. Niggas yeah. praying on my downfall. They always praying right? on my downfall. It's, it's like a schizophrenic <laughs> episode of a black man. <laughs> they don't want to see me succeed. Go, go get a thermometer for the pot. God did. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> just that that line reminds me of that that show on HBO Southside. If y'all haven't seen that, y'all need to check that out. It's, it's got like a, it's got like an eight point something on IMDb, so you know it's mm. busting. Is is it one of the? Is it Lena Waithe? Does she write it? I don't know. Oh, who, she writes the shot. Writes it, but it, it's it's blickety black. It's it's about Chicago. Um, yeah, that's why I got. Yeah, I knew Lena Waithe. I think she does the shot. I, it it reminds me of that um that Sim, that Simba song in that new album, which is a good album. <laughs> um, about like he just can't get a win. Mm. Like that's what that that's what that show reminds me of like just living in the south side like always like oh you know what this this about to be the next thing like that that black optimism of like yo this this next endeavor is about to be the one and then it isn't and <clears throat> still be op- optimistic and keep going for it like that's that's the that's connection dope. i get out of that show but then it's still mad funny <laughs> oh bashir salahuddin he's an actor on the show too i don't know that's the writer I don't know about you. I guess I need to give him his credit for their credit. And Dilo Riddle. Uh, yeah. He also, I think, I think they're both, they both act on the show. I'm not sure. I'm just looking Seems like it. I'm looking at the cast right now. Yeah. All right. Give it a check. Give it, check it out. But yeah. So um, what, what's going on, guys? We got stuff to talk about today. Uh, let's kick it off with um, Draymond. Can anybody give us a rundown on? Draymond and the Warriors and Jordan Poole. All right, so apparently a few days ago, um, news came out that Draymond was being suspended for an altercation that happened in practice. So obviously altercations happen in practice all the time. So I thought it was kind of weird that they really mentioned it in the media because, you know, usually that stuff stays behind closed doors. They'll usually say like conduct detrimental to the team or something along those lines. But I thought it was kind of strange when it first came out that they mentioned the fact that there was an altercation and they did say that Draymond put his hands on on Jordan Poole. So um, nothing really came out of it. But then I believe it was, was it Friday? I believe that's when TMZ acquired the footage of the altercation in which um, Draymond and Jordan Poole get face-to-face Jordan Poole pushes Draymond. Draymond comes back with one of the most vicious right hands I've ever seen somebody take <laughs> in, in my life. Um, so it, and 
to Draymond's credit, after he hit him, he did try to catch him and hold him up, like, you know, let him know he was good. But, I mean, the, the punch did <laughs> definitely took uh, – he definitely took some fall damage on that one. Yeah, it, it looked like his whole shit buckled. He slept him. Pool. He slept him. Um, I want to put on my skepticism hat. Whoa, 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 whoa. We using a girl and just add a uh, just tarnish my man, my man Poole's name like that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Slept. Yo, he's, yes. yeah, he he's not, yes. he not yes. get punched yes. in the tower. <laughs> no, he and, slept and, and no. fall down. Like, Dog, his, he got he folded like a, like a log. His legs if he was in a ring, he'd be outside of it. Like a log chair, bro. <laughs> his knees buckled. Both knees buckled his, down. His legs buckled, bro. <laughs> um, no. It's like when someone hits you on the back of your knee. When you stand it, when you when you stand it up straight, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that's that's a that's a um that's a hoax though. That's mm. reflexes. In the words of Mark Jackson, hand down, man down. <laughs> oh my god! Because <laughs> for me, my natural reaction when I see a punch is either to run a four a sub four forty, or uh, <laughs> or fall or just flop. Like that's so, the only two I got. So exactly, it was, it was very, very soft behavior. Yeah. He said, Kame, Kame, Ka. I mean, come on. I mean, it, it literally was the depiction of the personalities of dark skin versus light skin. No, I absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, just fit the stereotype, which is why, which is why I wish the video didn't get leaked. But I want to put on, I want to, I want to backtrack because Mook said that, that we got the dub because I want to backtrack real quick. That's a dub? Mook said, Mook said something. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, you're not dreaming. Okay. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I thought we were talking about Jordan Poole. I was like, that was a game. dub? <laughs> but I want to I want to pull uh, it back because Mook here. said, like Mook said, this is um something that happens a lot, right? We both played sports. We've both been in practices where things have gotten heated. Nothing like this is out of the norm, right? Yeah, this um, always happens. So. It's always. It's, when it, the it article makes the team better, but, but when this came fight. out, but the when sleep this, part don't always happen. Hold on, hold on. The, <laughs> the sleep do. part doesn't. Right. <laughs> but when this happens, right? I feel like whoever leaked the video, there was some knowledge around. Hey, listen, they're working with some sort of media company to leak this. We got to get ahead of it. So when we heard it, it was like, all right, okay, that's weird. But when we saw the video, it was like. Nah, that's like you know what I'm saying. That that was crazy. But to me, it's one thing to argue, right? We've been in spaces like this. It's one thing to argue with a, with a teammate for Draymond to walk over to get into his face, and for that 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 scuffle to happen. Like, what, are we teammates or not? Because I feel like there should have been people in between that. That he shouldn't even he shouldn't have been able to get that that punch so off. That's I, what that's what tells me. And a lot of the reports that came out, there's a lot of we don't know what's true, but a lot of right. consistent reports coming out have been saying that Jordan Poole has been have been walking around with an attitude, walking around like he all that in a bag of chips for a while now since the championship. Even going back to him and last year, they said last going, since last yeah. year. Going back to him and Wiggins at the championship, talking about we got the bag after y'all just won. Like mm. y'all talking about y'all about to get paid. So okay. they've been walking around worried about he's been walking around talking about how much money he's gonna get that uh, he's gonna be up for a big contract. So that's the word on the street. Again, we cannot confirm it, we're just speculating right now. But if that is the case, and he's been over here running his mouth and talking a lot of trash, when you say that, Rashawn, it makes me think like people were sick of it. Yeah. And so no, that's why you don't see anybody. Yeah. Even the staff didn't even seem like yeah, the they staff didn't to, even react, which was weird. To react to, to Draymond which, approaching him, yeah, which was you very know? weird so, to like, me. Yeah, the teammates not the teammates not jumping in, the staff not jumping in, just made it seem like and it and it makes it me think had, about kind of had it coming, right? And it makes me think about um my dad said I got this this thirty second rule right mm -hmm. and um mook remembers this because we mm -hmm. had a kid on a basketball team mm -hmm. who was just talking a whole bunch of shit right. He said, I'll give you 30 seconds before I intervene. So when I look at that situation, Draymond Green had 30 seconds to react. And he did. He took full um, advantage of the first five of them, though. He, he, took, he took full advantage of it um, and, and, and knocked, his, knocked his behind out. And even in the follow-up, because once the video leaked, he obviously had to come out and speak on the, the, the details of what happened. He wasn't apologetic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, 
I didn't realize it was about. He took accountability, but he wasn't apologetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He took. He took. took, He took accountability. He's like, yeah, this is what happened. But yeah, he was just like, he said that there's there's things he needs to work on, and he said that he embarrassed himself and he embarrassed Jordan Poole, and that's gonna hang over him. Yeah. And there was reports that came out before the video came out that Draymond Mm -hmm. was very apologetic after the incident, like Mm -hmm. in house. And you could kind of see that by the way he crazy. The way he cradled and caught Jordan Poole after he knocked it. Don't knock me out and then catch me and be like, yo, you yeah, good. Man, that was crazy. But that's that's some sibling stuff, too, yo. Yeah. yeah. So I think my personal uh, opinion on the situation is, is Draymond had came out and said this before when he was talking about Jordan Poole. Before this incident even happened, he was talking about how Jordan Poole kind of rubs people the wrong way. He didn't come out and say, like, yeah, like, I don't like Jordan Poole. But he was saying how, you know, Jordan Poole gets into – bickers with other people on the team and it kind of bothers a lot of people and i think he had an incident last year with somebody i can't remember who the glenn robinson glenn robinson that's what it was and he said he got into a you know a, a incident with him last year so it makes me think that you know if he was talking like this last year before he had really broke out in the nba then you know going into this year when they've already told him okay you're gonna get paid this off season you know it sounds like it's you know behavior that's kind of been going on for a while and like Rashawn said like it seemed like they were like all right he's got to get his at some point and it was just the perfect storm for it to happen that's why everybody was you know kind of let it go for a second and then kind of intervened after so yeah I think I think there was one of those situations I also think Draymond did not mean to hit him that hard it was a moment you know when you don't know your own strength or you're so upset and you don't know moment. how hard you, yeah. do, you you hit something or how hard you push something. Yeah. It but, seemed like he, he made that immediate reaction, like, oh, snap. But all of us, all of us know the rule that our parents instilled in us when we were a kid. If you put your hands on somebody, you got to be ready to deal with the consequences. So that's why I don't blame Draymond for dropping him. Because if you're just going to leave yourself open like that and get hit, I can't, I can't fault you for getting hit. You put your hands on somebody, you want to sit there and, like, look around, like, you know, as if, like, everything's cool. Like, true. Like, and he really tried to push he Draymond. Pushed him. Draymond's yeah. Stronger. So you set it off. Draymond's stronger. Exactly. So, so yeah. you, you you can't move him. Yeah. Because Jordan ended up moving himself. So he pushed him and pushed himself backwards. But as soon as you put, put your hands on somebody, you have to be ready. For yeah, you got to react. Anything. You got to be ready for the consequences that come with it. <laughs> You so know, that's it's, the one it's thing. like that, that oh, thing yeah, that's going go around, fuck around and find out. You know, yeah. he was fucking around, <laughs> Fuck around. fucking around. Right, and unfortunately, <laughs> he didn't find out until like level eight or nine. And so you he was know, KO. <laughs> yeah, he was asleep. Yeah. What do you say? What did the dude, what's his name? The guy who does all the, um, oh, Coach 30? Yeah, he said, you try to push him, he pushes emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Try to push him, push him emotionally. <laughs> push him emotionally. <laughs> and we got Davis over here. <laughs> he said, cradled you afterwards like an abusive husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, he's hilarious. Coach Daddy is funny. Um, but that also makes me think like that this is not just getting blown up because the video's out, it's getting blown up because of who it was. Mm. Like, this is Draymond Green, so everybody is. Taking gonna notice. amplify this to the thousandth degree. Mm-hmm. Bobby Porter broke Miritich's by the NBA? jaw. Huh? Does Draymond get suspended by the NBA for this? No, no. I don't think the NBA is gonna. I think the, inter, the NBA, NBA, NBA is gonna NBA. pressure pressure the team to. They've uh, already suspended him for a few days. Yeah, yeah. So the, I don't think the NBA is gonna look past what happened. They're gonna pretty much let him know, like you know, y'all handle it in house, and you know, we'll just support it. I don't think the NBA is gonna come out and say. Yeah, we're gonna suspend him for you know uh, X amount of time because technically speaking, it was a leak. It wasn't like it wasn't like something that had had happened on national television or something like that. To heard that out there. But I was saying, Bobby Porter's broke Miritich's jaw, and he, he got like really, twenty games. He got he yeah. got like twenty games, and then he got, he got, he got the suspension, but he did not nearly get the attention. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm, I don't think we saw the video though. Did we? We didn't see the video, but. Even before the video, the new it was out there. Even yeah, before the true. video, like everybody was talking about it. That's true. So, like, it's it's also who it is that's that's giving it a lot, giving the story a lot of legs. Yeah. Which is, um, you know, but here, my thing about it too is like, 
you know, a lot of athletes have, have come out and talked about this, where it's like, like we said, this stuff happens all the time. And even to somebody who's in that organization, everybody's heard that Steve Kerr got punched by Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's just, you know, it's just kind of like a, a folktale of, of stuff that happened. Like, we all heard day and age. See, exactly. Yeah. There's, the, there's no the video of it. media in the video. So it's only, you know, they can talk about it, you know, years later and yeah. stuff like that. Like, ah, oh, like that did happen and stuff like that. And hopefully this could be one of those situations too, where like, we're talking about like five, 10 years where it's just kind of like, you know, they can talk about it. It's like, listen, like, you know, Jordan Poole might end up on, you know, what, like up in smoke and stuff, talk about it. It's like, yeah, I probably deserve that for, for what I said and stuff like that. You know, people grow from these situations, but, you know, because of the social media, it's very hard to just grow from it and let it go with because, now Jordan Poole's a walking me. Like yeah. every away game, he's gonna hear about the punch. You know, every time he goes on social media, somebody's probably tagging him in some video about you know how he got dropped or or something like that. Like you know the red memes from Friday, and they've been going crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yo, but back to what Darius said, I think this actually could like sometimes this does make the team better because. They've had this conflict. <clears throat> it's probably been behind them the whole time. They've probably been running plays and shit and looking each other off like, yeah, fuck this nigga. I'll pass it to so-and-so, even though mm. like, that's like the better pass, even if it's like subliminally and you can get away with it. Um, and sometimes you just need to like get that tension out. I'm like, all right, well, we like we got that anger out, aggression. I got put in my place, like from Poole's position, like even though like you probably are going to get more money than Draymond, if this is not Draymond's last year, he might stay for some Udonis Haslam type shit. But um, <laughs> like he still knows he, he needs to shut up. It's still like Draymond's still of a leader, so yeah, yeah. like this might help out because yeah. you've noticed none of his teammates had his back too. Might be like, yo, yeah. I'm out of pocket. I'm out of line right now. Like I still got to play my role as like. A- yeah, no, I low key feel like there's gonna be a. ESPN 30 for 30. Somehow Steve Kerr was behind this, like gave <laughs> Draymond the green light to snuff him. It's be something crazy. Yeah, I mean, to talk about <laughs> it from a clinical perspective, man, it's the phases of team development, right? Mm. So, you know, you have your forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning. So yeah. uh, these dudes is definitely storming. Even though you think that a, a storming, in your storming phase, that's conflict. And then uh, power struggles and you know, you want to move into that norming stage where there's agreement and, and uh, clear roles and responsibility, which leads you to the performance stage where you have a clear vision and purpose. Mm. So you have to go through that storming phase in order to get to the norming and performing spot. So that's that's kind of what I'm thinking when I think about when, when teams, not to move away from just Draymond and Jordan Poole, but when teams have fights, um, you know, the coach kind of, like you just said, Rashawn, your dad has a 30-second rule. So coaches kind of allow for that or sometimes set up situations where they do let the team teammates um, engage in conflict because it helps right. set the set the field for the rest of the year yeah no that's a good point <clears throat> yeah man's got slept i wonder if jordan gonna <laughs> keep talking heat like that we were saying it a while ago some people need to get punched in the face so <laughs> i mean how much hate do you to think it, they got to leak it but... Oh, they said, only, t- they said only ten thousand. No, nah, come on. I'm not leaking Bro, that. Oh, that's crazy. I need six figures. If yeah, because that's like, that that if you got ten k for that, that's, that's a- like only like three or four months worth of pay. Yeah, yeah. If you got ten k, like might they, he might have took ten thousand to protect nah, his identity. No, I'm no. telling you, they might have said like, listen. You was like we can give you that money, but if they well, come down and ask, I can earn ten thousand on my own. Like I can come up on ten grand on my own. I don't need to sacrifice my yeah my job no, for that. It's, it's just as good as you might have just sent it. I would say, I would he might have sent it to him, so they had the video. It's it's on the same level as Solange <laughs> slapping the shit out of Jay on the elevator. Like whoever, I want to know how much that person got. Yeah, well, I think. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, that's that's a good point. I think you have uh-huh. to have enough money. That's at least you don't have to work for a year. Hopefully, like you can chill out for a year. Because yeah, you definitely lost your job. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> oh, and again, course, that speaks yeah. to that sure. speaks to again whether it's because it's Draymond Green. Maybe Draymond Green rubs people the wrong way. Mm. So, or maybe the organization doesn't take care of their people because we're looking at that like, yo, how does that happen? But it's like, yo, if you. If you're working at a job and you're working for a boss you don't like, 
you know, and then you have this opportunity. It's like, oh, I could finally expose them. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a really good point, D. Like yeah. organizationally, and move to your point. If you're taking ten get ten k for to leak this video, then it's like, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Maybe you did it for maybe you didn't do it for the money. You did it for other reasons, right? <laughs> <laughs> Working this dead end job. Oh, that's how Spolstra got into um into coaching, just Spolstra. being a um a, vi- a video analyst person. Yeah, being Pat Riley's coffee boy, you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but nah, Spolstra's good. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna disrespect oh, you. You saying he worked his way up? He found some shit. They're like, hey, we'll offer you a job. <laughs> <laughs> worked his way up already. Right. Um, Pat Riley doing an IMA. <laughs> He said, you got that on tape? Come here, son. <laughs> Congratulations. You're in the organization. Yours. The keys are yours. You're the director well, of hey, development. let's get this on tape. Yeah, man. But, all right, we can move on. Uh, we have... Speaking uh, of on tape. Yeah, speaking of on tape. The Redeem Team documentary on Netflix just came out. And I know some of you have seen some of it. Some of you haven't seen any of it. But we're just getting to that point now in our lives where they're making documentaries about stuff that we've existed and i mean this, that we went through and can remember thoroughly so that was mm-hmm. a little bit of a moment for me but just general thoughts and reactions what are you guys thinking about this and somebody actually can someone explain what the redeem team is for the so, casual so, listener so the redeem team was team usa's um 2008 olympic team in which it was the year coming off of um the 2004 bronze medal i believe it was in the 2006 world games yeah in the 2006 world games where we lost that which to be honest i don't really remember that world games team too much so that honestly Uh, i was like that was a that was a a shocker to me because i really didn't remember the 2006 um um 2006 world games i do remember that argentina was nice I do remember yeah, that. I do remember because they won the they won the Olympics in 2004, right? Mm-hmm. Was Manu on that team? Yeah, Manu. I think it's Luis Scola. Luis Scola was on that team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carlos Delfino. Yeah. Carlos yeah. Delfino. They had a lot of NBA players over there. But yeah, so the, the documentary was just the, the the journey that it took from Team USA going from glory in 1992 to losing all those games, especially with the, the new crop of players being the 03 draft, being the leader of those players, LeBron, Wade, Melo, Bosch. Um you know this yeah and then and then also then adding Kobe to the mix, J Kidd, Darren Williams, Tayshawn Prince, <laughs> um, adding some That's other veteran players to yeah. the mix. And then they won again in 2008. Hey, put some respect on Tayshawn Prince's name. Nah, hey, we from, talking I'm about Darren Williams. I love Tayshawn Prince. All right, <laughs> you, he didn't. He didn't block Reggie Miller. We probably wouldn't have got. Um, we probably mm. wouldn't went to the finals and won a chip. I thought I thought it was really cool how like they kind of covered Kobe. The thing that I really liked about the documentary is how they kind of covered what everybody was going through at that time period, because obviously, like we think of Kobe Bryant like how he is now or LeBron James, how he is now at that point. But at this time, all of them were perceived completely differently during that time period. Dwayne Wade was another one and they covered how, how he was at that point. Cause he was coming off the shoulder injury and, you know, he was struggling a few years because like, I think they didn't make the playoffs one of those years. It was like right after he won the championship, but Shaq had left. So now, you know, he's, Reinventing yeah, they just had a really ass season. They won like exactly. 20 or 30 games. Mm. And they kind of covered how, you know, LeBron hadn't won anything yet in the NBA. No MVPs, no no, um, no championships, obviously. This is still like the, the ringless LeBron era. So, and then they covered, you know, Kobe Bryant, who had just came off of, you know. A loss to the Celtics, right? No, this was before the loss. Before that. Oh, okay. When they first got him, because they were talking about kind of like 2007, how that was like, you know, when he had requested the trade and, you know, the Lakers had, I would think the Lakers were, you know, weren't a playoff team the year before. They didn't talk about his charge, though. Yeah. Oh, they completely avoided that part. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? No. Uh, what, what's that up? about? What? Yeah. Is it, is it too soon? Because they were doing it right after yeah. he died. Yeah, because it's definitely, um, I mean, this was produced by Melo and LeBron, right? Had to be produced. I thought it was Wade. So they had to respect every, the homie and not, the homies, not don't every, worry about that. Every shot. Can't defame him. 
So, but I'm saying that's that's poor reporting because that is major. it is poor reporting. It should be objective. You got to be objective with your reporting. It's part of the story. You can't just admit. You can't just admit history. And it, that context- was like it contextualizes it. And I, I instantly knew when I was a kid. I was like, he did it. Play me for your freedom, Dave Chappelle. I I like white girls too. Wait, can somebody can somebody explain what these charges were? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kobe got caught up in um, a rape charge, uh, and uh, it was an affair as well. And he was having to battle those legal issues, and while at the same time, he was um, still playing in the NBA. There was a lot of doubt around Kobe Bryant, and a lot of uh, negative press around Kobe Bryant. That's the why charges got number. dropped, I believe. Um, I have to do some research. I don't take my word for it. But there was a lot of stuff to dispute what the young lady was saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if she made her appearance. In they tried court. to discredit her. Yeah, they discredited her. And then that, dis- that got the case to get basically tossed out. I don't know if that's the legal, the legal precedent for it. But he they settled. Paid. He settled. Yeah, he bought his wife a huge diamond ring. Ten million dollar purple yep. diamond, I think, mm-hmm. and then um, Nike contract too. Yeah, then he had to rebrand. And this is this is the beginning and part of the rebrand, but they completely today. omitted that from the documentary. That's when he changed to twenty four. Bald head. He was a because uh, was he? He was with Adidas at that point, right? Yep. Ah, uh, like, yo, I didn't even. Wow, I was, yeah. Wow. <laughs> the greatest rebrand of all time. Yeah, it was seamless. It's the greatest rebrand of all time. It was like, oh, he's number 24? Never raped. Yeah, like, it, well, and on top of that, he was seen as very, very selfish. You know, on top of that, he was seen as very selfish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like the USA kind of, like, you know, helped that process because, like, at that point, you know, he was looked at in a completely different light. But then when they, you know, when those guys um, playing on a team like that and showing that, you know, he can be. Uh, the old patriotic goal, story, you know. Well, I think that's country. That's and I don't mean to spoil the rest of the documentary for yeah. y'all who didn't watch it, but I mean we all lived it. Yeah. The end of the documentary, what I think it missed out on is explaining what? and contextualizing how that all affected where we are now. Because mm. that redeem team, when they when they did all that, and I'm watching, I'm like, oh, this explains everything. This explains the Miami Heat. This even explains LeBron and the Lakers. This explains like Kobe and LeBron being cool uh, after Kobe retired. Like this explains uh, even the way that the style of play changed in the NBA to like running with your um, your power forward is your small forward basically, and you don't have a center. Mm. Like it changed everything. Yeah, because they had to learn. Because the one thing that Mike Shevsky did say during the documentary was how the NBA they had to learn how to play the European game because everybody thinks like basketball is basketball. But he said, once you go to the European game, it's a completely different style of basketball. And I remember, like, they showed, like, one scene where Carlos Boozer was talking about how, like, the game, the freedom of movement was different. So he was talking about like, somebody running through the lane. I can make contact with you. In the NBA, that's a foul. In the European game, you have to make contact with guys running through. Like, that's just, you know, the the style of the stylistics of the, the yeah, game. Everybody's a facilitator. Like, it everybody's a facilitator it's not really a back to the basket game because the way the lane was they changed the way the lane is now but the way the lane was was like a trapezoid yeah and so there wasn't really a back to the basket game you know mm. and uh so yeah it kind of made basketball more positionless yeah and that you can see how that's translated into the nba now does the um does the documentary i'm gonna watch it tonight but does the documentary touch on like kobe's mentality and just like his intensity for the game yes Absolutely. Um, That's why I, I said know, the documentary is like two halves. It's like gotcha. the Redeem team and how it formed. Mm-hmm. And then you get some good stuff from Mike Krzyzewski. I really enjoyed that piece. Mm. And uh, how he how he changed the, the idea and mentality, him and Jericho Angelo. Mm-hmm. And then Duke. you get the Kobe documentary. Mm. And then it just becomes the Kobe documentary at the end. But what it does go into the effect that the Mamba mentality had on the mm-hmm. team. And again, contextualizing it, because I don't think LeBron would have done what he did if he didn't play with Kobe. Yeah, and that's that was one of the main things because yeah. they're like you can kind of see like how different everybody's career changed from that point on because you think about what LeBron was before two thousand eight till I think two thousand eight two thousand nine he ends up winning MVP the next two years after mm. that and like it just like pretty much like all of them credit like Kobe's work ethic to how they got to 
their next step because they were like, they thought they all worked hard until they realized how much harder he worked. And they were like, well, I can't be left behind. If he's working that hard, I got to match intensity. Same thing with Dwayne Wade. You see this, you see the exact same change in Dwayne Wade's game. Cause I want to say 2009, he ends up being runner up for MVP. I think that year, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but and he was robbed. Yeah, I don't think he was wrong. Did y'all, did y'all watch the Dream Team documentary? Nah, it was just a great season. He got a lucky year. He had a great, he had a great year that year. But yeah, I did watch the Dream Team documentary. I mean, without even watching the Redeem Team documentary, it kind of reminds me of like Bird and Magic, right? Being at the top of their game and essentially setting the tone for like Michael Jordan, right? And then mm-hmm. you look at Kobe, who was obviously at the top of his game, um, setting the tone. I remember in the trailer, it was, yo, I'm going to run through that motherfucker talking about Pau Gasol, right? Oh. I'm going to set the tone. And he ran right through him to, oh. to make a statement. But then ultimately, you know, guys like Melo, um, guys like LeBron, guys like D-Wade, Chris Bosh, you could throw them in there, were just like, oh, okay, that's what we on, right? So it was just like that igniter. And then ultimately, what it seems like is kind of like the passing of the torch. Like, yo, this is your league. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to, to watch that. But then I also got a question for y'all. It's been out since it's been out for two days now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm on Netflix and I feel like it's being overshadowed by all this Jeffrey Dahmer shit. Yeah. yeah I haven't really paid attention to it. Jeffrey Dahmer, but I've, I've had to go out of my way to not pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of a contrarian in that fact, you know, when everybody's like, Oh, go watch it. I'm like, nah, yeah. I'm not gonna watch it. It happens to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, do you want to talk more about that, Shiz? Yeah, no, I'm just to be honest with you, I forgot when Mook hit us up on the um group chat, and I know we're kind of going off script. He was like, Yo, the, the documentary comes out tonight. And I've seen, like I said, I've seen the trailers. I'm like, wow, this this is gonna be really dope. But then when you look at the top tens, um, and Trevor said it too, it's spooky season, so it's like we're kind of we're getting into that Halloween season piece, but then I'm like, this is like a really great documentary, a really great show. Like you would think it would be in the top ten. It might be in the top ten now. I'm just well, part then, of that I think is, is again, seven. it's it was 2008. You know, mm. that's still again our lives, so right, we still remember it. So I'm not sure people are as that aren't as fanatical about basketball. Yeah, there are, aren't fans of those players are mm-hmm. rushing to go watch it, you know. Yeah. But I mean, the, the the one thing also I want to add too is I think on the flip side, you know, going back to piggyback into to Kobe's mentality, I also think those guys really ended up taking um Kobe ended up taking a lot of their mentalities too is the same. Where yeah, he, he had to like open up how, that yeah. how LeBron was how LeBron, you know, LeBron's personality, like he was like it was infectious the same way with D Wade. Where it's like you know they're all friends, they're all boys and stuff like that, and like he they were like very open. And Kobe's mentality, I think Kobe for a long period of that time was very standoffish and and kind of like a loner and stuff like that. And I think because seeing that happen, I think that's what kind of opened up Kobe, and I think that ended up helping him win two championships immediately mm-hmm. after after that had happened. So I think that that everybody benefited from that experience. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It definitely had an impact on Kobe as well. Uh, they talked about LeBron's humor, his sense of humor, and how that worked. I liked how they talked about how Kobe was Kobe was the silent one and LeBron was the vocal one. And mm. just having those two type of leaders uh, really put the battery in Team USA's back. And again, I can't highlight enough Mike Krzyzewski's coaching, a different approach to coaching, um, and how he really he encouraged them to bring their egos. I thought that was interesting. As um, <laughs> I know, we have a Duke fan in the house, but as said, a too coach, bad you can't apply that man. to winning a championship. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as a as a coach, to have that wherewithal and in ability and vision to see, no, I need these guys to bring those egos because that's who they are. That's when they're at their best. Mm. You know, so be who you are. Don't try to fit into a smaller role, or but be that person that brought you here. And we're just going to amplify that. They were also going to have that ego be under the umbrella of Team USA's ego. But then also having that respect for other teams. Like he was, 
he was the one who was saying, um, like, yo, we have to respect the international players now. You can't just go in thinking you're going to beat these people. They're good. Yeah. Nah, Shisepsky, I'll give him that nonetheless, regardless of his affiliation. Man's a genius. <laughs> man's a genius. So, like, I respect that. <laughs> but quick question now that, now that we've gone through that. I think the 2000, 2008 team, the Redeem team was good, but we always talk about the 2012 team in terms of is that the best team ever? And that 2012 team had KD, Russell Westbrook, uh, Kevin Love, James Harden, Anthony Davis, in addition to LeBron and uh, Melo. Tyson Chandler was on that team. Darryl Yo, was Williams. that the? I'm going 2008. Was that the circuit when um, James Harden got dropped by that dude in? Um, yep, Nigeria. Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> made him do a split the 08 team over the 2012 team that's how i feel too oh russ was on that team yeah they just have kd and russ are the are mm-hmm. in their are in their prime yeah uh that's the only difference and kevin durant's just a different animal darren williams was on I that think team too. 2008 white howard is the difference for me mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. feel so strongly about what the white howard was in 2008 when you think about he was you know, arguably a top five player in the NBA at that time. And obviously, you know, obviously KD, Kobe. I mean, Kobe's a little later in his career. And LeBron's probably like towards the better version of himself, which is probably better than the 2008 version of himself. But I think Kobe in 2008 and having LeBron, who wins an MVP the next year, Kobe, who won a championship, Dwight, who won finals MVP, Chris Paul, like I, I personally got to go with them. Just because I think it's a, a more complete. Yeah, I feel like it's a more complete team because I think that I mean Tyson Chandler is good. Like I'm not gonna take anything away from him, but he's not Dwight Howard. Yeah, especially in Dwight Howard's prime. Yo, yeah. was it was it 2012 when Carmelo broke like a record or something? Yeah, it was Three something like 40 record. points. Olympic Melo. Yeah. He had like eight threes or something like that. Nine threes or something like that in the game. And the games are shorter too. That's why that's also a feat because the Olympic games are shorter yeah. in time. And they, they, you take both of these teams over the uh, Dream Team, the '92 easily, Dream Team, easily, easily. <laughs> yeah. Like anybody who thinks that the '92 Dream Team is the greatest team of all time, when two of their players were retired basketball players, their two starters were retired <laughs> NBA players. Yeah. Like, what is Larry Bird with a horrible back? going to do when he has to guard Kevin Durant or LeBron James. Come on. And then uh what I also what I also saw about this documentary was the teams that they were putting out in between. I was like no wonder these teams couldn't win. Yeah, Allen Iverson, Stefan Marbury and Lamar Odom trying to lead guys mm. to a gold medal. Just it's like all, that's, all buckets. Yeah, nobody passed. Nobody yeah. passed. I'm like first of all I was like whoever decided like yo Stefan Marbury and Allen Iverson this is what's gonna lead us to an Olympic gold medal. Same type like, of players bro, at that. They like, can't even lead like the championship to the NBA. Yeah, the NBA had some dark years there. <laughs> I feel like that's when they realized, like, oh dang, people in other countries are actually like they're making real teams and getting better. Mm-hmm. Versus yeah. they were like, yo, let's just send our, our biggest stars that go. Like it wasn't like building a team. I was like, bro, like all you had, all you legitimately had to do was like put a point guard on that team and you might have been okay. Yeah, you have Sean Marion on there. <laughs> <laughs> like terrible floor. Like Tim Duncan, like that was probably like the most vocal I've ever seen Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was out there like Jesus. Bullshit, bro. <laughs> I can't even touch the ball. <laughs> I'm the best player in the world and I can't even see the rock. <laughs> we got Stephon Marbury out here taking my shots. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, we can wrap up that topic. Any last thoughts on the on the Redeem team? Documentary? Check it out if you haven't checked out. Uh Shiz, you were tapping on it. You're going into it. Did you want to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer real quick? Nah, I was just it's it's just crazy how we um and I feel like I'm a part of this as well. Just we we seem to relive trauma like and we we glorify <laughs> these uh you're gonna get Serial me started killers. on nope. You're gonna get me started on yeah. Nope. No, no, no. It's just, that, it's just one of those things we, where it's just it's, where we take trauma and turn it into entertainment. Yeah. And and I I would say I'm the I'm the crime watch daily fiend. Like that's something that Verse I 48. do. 
Uh, first 48, exactly. So it's just <laughs> it's crazy how um, and like I said, back to what T said, it's it's the season, right? In terms of like Halloween and stuff, but this guy has killed <laughs> multiple people and for multiple it to be black people, I think that's what yeah, the, exactly, the, exactly. The um, trauma's being multiplied right now right and then the fact that we're i mean the same thing with the ted bundy situation like the fascination there's, there's, been so many, there's been so many documentaries about ted bundy there's there's been a Dahmer um document uh not documentary but like a television show before but yet zach efron's playing ted bundy and we're like oh shit we gotta check this out or you know this guy the guy who's playing Dahmer now evan peters you know what i'm saying it's just yeah it's crazy that I feel bad for the families that have to relive this trauma. Well, yeah, they're like dropping it's a identical. documentary about it too. They just did, so they're doing a scripted series and a documentary yeah. back to back. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the, you're gonna get me started on no. Nah, I want to get you entertainment started. Entertainment and, and, <laughs> and spectacle and how we don't face our trauma and we turn our trauma into entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's how we deal with it and consume it, but not actually healthily deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um. But that has to do with everything. That has to do with TMZ leaking the Draymond tape. You know, that has to do with a lot of the antics we see right now with Kanye West. Like, there's a lot going on. And the way that Jordan Peele explained that with Nope, I think is super dope. But I'm not going to – it's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah. But, yeah, we do seem to have as a society this fascination with serial killers, um, the glorification of white, serial White killers. serial killers. Yeah. Because I, I think there's something to say that like they're usually like the only maybe a little bit aren't they? except what except for the DC sniper, but there isn't yeah. like a there's not that was a like a me- TV. Is he a serial killer? The DC sniper? Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. Yeah. serial killer, you gotta kill at least three or four people. Yeah, he definitely was. He was definitely yeah. a serial killer. And and to and to be fair, the criminal profilers that were working that case were looking for a white male between the ages of like 30 to like 40 so it completely threw their whole script off when they found out he that it was caught. a black man like, gotcha, <laughs> <laughs> completely threw completely threw them off um but yeah no it's i think the jeffrey dahmer piece for me hits harder because like you said d it's not just that he was killing um men he was killing um black men um and even just watching it is crazy because I think if he was if he was doing that now, they would have easily bagged him. But the climate of the times in which he was doing it, he got off several times, um, which is which is just crazy to me. Yeah, the other the other uh, black serial killer, but they didn't catch him was Wayne Williams, right? The the Atlanta one was taking all the oh, kids. Oh, the, the, the dude with the um killing the well t- getting the kids and stuff and the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They never really found. They, they never they really caught the person. They, they think, just... but it's not like a hundred million percent confirmed. There's still some skepticism. Yeah, um, and and again, he got off of that because the profilers are saying it's only white dudes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there's a fascination. I don't know if it's the the, I don't know what it is about about it. Like, there's something that looking at. Again, dope. looking at something that you're not supposed to be looking at, like getting that living it's just like a taboo thing, like ooh, yeah, yeah. Like I know this is dangerous. I know that this is. We always, it's, yeah, it's wrong yeah. or shameful, but I'm still gonna look. Mm. Yeah, no, nah, I just, I just felt the need to bring that up. Um, Word. and yeah, we we can definitely cover that on another podcast because I think, like you said, it definitely goes into everything that we're talking about. Definitely goes into the overall theme of note and how people will <laughs> that's right so yeah <laughs> um you know people will will risk it all for the perfect mm-hmm. shot right or for the perfect mm-hmm. opportunity um for and that oftentimes yeah exactly and and then that other piece too about how just dealing with trauma and and mm. Or in and putting off dealing with trauma by using it by by using it right. and referring to it or making jokes about it or turning it into, into entertainment but yeah that also we talk about trauma and entertainment we can talk about kanye i think um 
man, I can't. It's it's hard for me. This is a tough, tough, tough one for me because you know you grow up idolizing somebody, and then he just lets you down at every turn. And it's just like, how much more can I take? Uh, For those who don't know, Kanye West put out uh, or came out getting photographed with shirts saying "White Lives Matter." Uh, standing next to Candace Owen, who's uh, a polarizing figure to to put it. To I don't even want to say her name on this yeah, podcast. To put it lightly. <laughs> uh, and it's just you know one thing after the other where Kanye's doing stuff that is very harmful and detrimental to people of color for the purposes of his own gain, and it's just like at what point. At what point will it stop? At what point will he be satisfied? Mm. And at what point will the public keep on continue to allow this to happen? Bro, you see the pattern though? Like every time, like, well, the past, I feel like two to three times he's like ramped up or had some like mental episode. It always goes back to like some racial shit and him turn, it's pretty much turning his back on black on, on black people and mm. i and it almost can, it connects to what you're saying darius about how like all oh, people use the art to process their trauma and things like that i think when he gets in these episodes there's clearly an episode his personality and his comfort the paranoia like at, like we're at war and all that the last time he did the um the end game thing with the with the pictures and stuff like that like he always when he gets paranoid like that he goes back to i feel like processing this trauma that he's going through around racism in the industry and shit like that and it always goes bad Mm. i'm I'm curious i'm like maybe i haven't done too much research about like his early his early life but was he like not accepted or something like that as a as a kid so that's what it seems like especially i think Yes. I think it's because I mean, and, I, and in the beginning of his rap career, in the in beginning general, of his rap yeah. career, everybody knows him because he was like, you know, he's not, he didn't make prototypical anything. Like, you know, he just, you know, he wasn't, he probably was one of those kids that people thought wasn't black enough when he was a kid. And I think that's what kind of has caused these episodes as he's grown. And I don't think he, like I said, he hasn't channeled it the right way. He hasn't, you know, went to talk about it. But it was like, he needs to realize that, like, black is not what everybody thinks it is being black is what you make of it then day you you are black and you have to accept what you are like Mm. you know what i view as black or what an inner city youth views as black or a suburban kid that lives in montana views as black is going to be completely different because everybody everybody tries to put us in a box when in actuality, we're not all in the box. We are all different personalities. We can, you know, some black people can like rock music, black people can like country music, like, you know. So I think that's what he's dealing with right now where it's like, because he wasn't accepted as a kid in the black community, I think the older he got and, you know, they told him like he has to stay in a certain box. So like he could only be a producer or he can only make this type of music as, you know, a rapper. And I think that's it's really starting to, to weigh on. And obviously, I'm not making excuses for him. What he's doing is 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 really hurting the black community, and it's really it's sad to see. And, you know, we I, I obviously like me uh, as well. Like I'm a huge Kanye fan. I can't defend this stuff, like because at this point, like you're just being a sheep. If you can sit there and constantly keep defending somebody and doing these kind of actions, like you're just being a sheep. Yeah, it's, you know, it's got to the point the other day, and I've never really done this before, where people, like, it's never really affected me before on a personal level, like, this has affected me now. And even to the point where the other day I was at work, and, you know, I, I, I work at a predominantly white institution. I'm the only Black dude that is a staff member, um, and the only other Black people in the building are the two um the two cooks in the cafeteria and you know they they like your your uncle your stereotypical black uncles kind of you know they i go in there and i chop it up with them and that's where i you know i get my culture from them real quick talk about hip-hop talk about 70s like sugar hill gang and all that stuff run dmc like i go in there chop it up with them get my food in my mouth the other day i came in there 
And this dude just looked at me, looked at my feet, looked at what was on my feet because I was wearing Yeezys and just shook his head with so much disappointment. It was just like, man, I was like, damn, can I not wear Yeezys no more? Like, and I've never even thought about that before. Before, I never even thought about, you know, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to not rock something because someone did. I'm going to wear whatever I want to wear. But, like, it's getting to that point with Kanye and and the stuff that he's doing where it's like, I don't even feel comfortable because wearing this implies that I endorse him to some Mm. people. Implies that I, implies that I'm with what he's saying to some people. I'm like, dude, I've had these shoes for forever and they're so comfortable. Not to make this a Yeezy ad, but these you know, shits are so comfortable. I was like, I'm wearing these for comfort, man. I'm not wearing them because I agree with what Kanye's saying, but just me and, and the fact that I'm buying and purchasing the product to some extent agrees with what he's saying. And so, like, now, now it's in the back of my head every time I walk outside and rock Yeezys. Like, yo, is someone going to judge me because I'm wearing these? Like, do I, do I got to put them all away? Or now do I got to hold on to them because I know it's going to skyrocket because I know if people actually start putting their Yeezys away, that's mm. going to drive up the price, unfortunately. Yeah. No, when I... And then he still gets the notoriety and money from it. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So for me, you know, this is a pattern, that, like T said, in terms of just like his manic episodes where he goes on these rants on social media, on Instagram. He got the caps and stuff. So he's going in, right? For me, <laughs> I was like, does he have something coming out soon? Is he about to drop something? Because Kanye, f- from my point of view, good media or bad media is he'll 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 die on that regardless. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. All those, um, all, all press is good press. All good all press is good press to me. And it's just like, but bro, you 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 gonna rock that? White Lives Matter, you're going to be with Candace Owens, and then we're going to have, like, some sort of apology later on down the road as to, you know, you weren't thinking clearly. So it's just, yeah, no, I... I hope there's an apology. I hope. No, no, but I'm just saying, that's just, that's always the, I guess, the pattern with Kanye. That's that's what frustrates That's the frustrating piece, because then it's just, like, it's kind of like you having a black, like, a you have a white friend, right? And you say the N-word around him. He's like, oh, it's cool for me to say this. And it's like, nah, bro, it's not. But if you're a Kanye fan and he's saying all these things, it's like, oh, I can co-sign this because Kanye's doing it. Like, that's the that's the negative impact in a lot of ways. And I guess that's my frustration, too, because I have a lot of Western friends who are liking some of that shit. Who have I had to unfollow? Because I'm like, come on, bro. Yeah. And so now <laughs> let's get into the crux of this for, yeah. people, for people to understand what the issue with saying white lives matter is because a lot of people are saying of course my life matters mm-hmm. yeah my life oh, i'm white my life doesn't matter mm-hmm. saying black lives matter does not exclude everybody else we're saying black lives matter because evidently systemically and historically black people have been targeted oppressed and killed by the powers that be in this country we are shown time and time again that black life is less value and does not matter if you need proof go to the constitution it says that we're three-fifths of all men facts so that is why we say black lives matter that being said the women that started black lives matter may have had some financial discrepancies may have purchased some houses some big old houses out in the out in the suburbs, you know, maybe, maybe they're McMansions or mini mansions. Maybe we don't know where that money went or uh, that they used uh, all the donation money for. Maybe, maybe we can say they scammed, Mm. but that does not change what the message was. Right. We always talk about impact and intent, right? They had intention with that message. Maybe they saw an opportunity. I can't speak to what they saw or did, I'm sure they have their reasons for why they did what they did. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but that does not give you a reason to come out and say white lives matter, black lives matter was a scam. So that doesn't mean nothing. And when you say white lives matter, that's like me saying heterosexual lives matter. We already know that. 
Mm. That's the norm. That's the standard. Do we have a heterosexual month? Would that make sense if we had a heterosexual month? Mm. That'd be stupid because every month it's normalized that heterosexual is what is pushed and what is looked at as the status quo. So yes, we have to have a pride month because those people have been marginalized by society. We need to recognize them and we need to make sure that they're heard and that they're shown that they have a space in this country because that's their human right. That's their American right. So that's why we say Black Lives Matter. That's why when you say White Lives Matter, it does not make sense because white lives have always mattered. My, I'm also thinking about like who, once again, like who, like does Kanye have, fan, I don't think he has fa- <clears throat> family on his, on his team. There you because, go. yeah. Because like, I mean, at the end of the day, we know that he's really stubborn. And if someone in an episode can be really stubborn, because this is their reality. Um, watching that Kanye documentary just really gave me some perspective of how out of touch he can be when he starts ramping up. And having somebody in your family that you recognize that you know, like, has always been on your side is really helpful. Obviously, Cam has hung it up. His kids are too young. His dad is, you know, they have like that, a weird relationship, a segmented relationship, if you must. Mm. Who, who's that connection home? He's ostracized a lot of his, his original guys from like, from Chicago came up with, or just got too big. And there are, what does he, does he even really have any genuine relationship? Not as an excuse, but it's just like on a more human level, like. Yeah, no, that's a good point. yeah, Yeah. Like this, this dude is out here fucked up doing fucked up things and there's no one who cares enough to stop him because the people who are complying with it are making a lot of money candace mm. owens is getting more followers um she like like that's her device she doesn't who care are following it and yeah. pumping it are putting out dangerous messaging yeah white lives matter is not just the most dangerous message they put out these people are already putting out dangerous messaging and they're using it to co-sign that messaging and say see See, I'm right. And what they're saying, what Candace Owens says, is dangerous. Mm -hmm. It puts people in danger. Yep. Yeah, because Candace Owens know, oh, if they go and kill like all the black people, I'm good. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm that I'm that nigga who didn't know they was black and with the KKK sign on um fucking Jake Chappelle. Like nigga who? Like (laughs) this nigga, like they're not coming for her. Yeah, man. Fun fact, Rachel Dozel just started an OnlyFans. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I don't know who that is either. Oh, uh, it's the shorty who thought she was, like and follow. Uh, she tried to blackfish. She changed her skin. <gasps> the, the no. Yeah, the one that was like in the NAACP. The NAACP lady, yeah, who they were like, are these your parents? Nah, that's crazy. They were white And she started an OnlyFans? Yeah, yep. What's gonna be up there, yo? She probably gonna be doing like slave kink and shit. Oh my god, <laughs> yo, that's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> T is stupid. Is she gonna pretend she's the slave or the master? <laughs> she gonna be switching roles like R. Yeah. Kelly and Trap. She's gonna be both roles. Like, all right. ah, that's wild. Ew, it can't be sexual. She probably gotta be like talking or something. Like, nah, that's wild. When I hear OnlyFans, I think sexual, but like there are some other avenues that you could. Yeah, oh, really. Yeah, yeah, people be people just be on there like to meet their fans. Like yeah. just another yeah. way to just charge people to subscribe to their content. It's almost like yeah, getting a meet and greet at a concert. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of that's uh, what it was supposed to be for, really. Yeah, like, they tried like they that. tried to change it back, and then everybody was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, nah. hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hold on, hold on." Yeah, like, you just made me. <laughs> and then more companies sprung up because they were like, "Oh, okay, well, y'all can do whatever you want up here. Just mm-hmm. no animals, please." <laughs> oh my god but yeah yo this dude kanye man i i i can't i'm getting to that breaking point with him i'm still trying to separate the art from the artist but even even guys to your point at that point but go ahead rashawn nah even to your point because i think his his instagram account just got uh taken down right yeah or suspended (laughs) but um even guys like diddy reached out to him 
and then they had a whole back and forth and he said that Diddy was being controlled by Jewish people and it's funny how his <laughs> that's that's where he getting that Candace Owens bullshit. No, 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 no. Did but you it's, see it's... the text thread though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wild. Yo. <laughs> he called him a he's like, a fed. He federal. Federal. What nigga, you over here talking about politics and stuff and saying that you like Trump and stuff? So what are you talking about? And then he's literally just, pictured with the me, I'm gonna with post the it. <laughs> but I was, every, anything you text me, I'm posting it. <laughs> but no i'm saying what i was getting at is it's it's damaging that he's spinning this white lives matter um narrative but the moment he talks about or mentions a comment about jewish people he immediately gets taken down mm-hmm. so i think that's that's another that's another theme that came up for me just looking at this entire process he could go he can go on these episodes he can talk about um slavery you know, black Short. lives matter the black lives matter movement being a scam and just going on a rant about kim and and all these different things but the moment he brings up um jewish people it's all right we got we got to okay. suspend yeah. your instagram it's enough. You're, you're doing way too much mm. but then that really goes to the masses of who controls what who controls the entertainment industry? You know, what I'm do saying? your research. You know, to some degree, when you look at who pays them checks and exactly. owns those companies, like, wait a minute, maybe you... <laughs> Kanye has right. a point to what he's accusing Diddy of. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. You'd have to do your research. I'm not saying that's true or not, but certain people. Yeah. Interesting, own the industry. interesting thing to, to keep to keep in mind because yeah, the, the higher up you climb, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, a lot of steins. It, it, <laughs> oh my god yeah Martin like Zuckerberg. hey i'm gonna knock it you know like, 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 i wish mm. black people could be like that like oh every time you get to the top of a record label it's a black dude but and this brings me and, and i'm going off the rip real real briefly if y'all y'all still good with this but of course that to going up to what you're saying t when you go up the ladder and you see all the people look the same um you see viacom the entertainment industries, media outlets um, that just put out all this content that is derogatory towards mm. people of color. And I've been having this conversation um, with, with my girlfriend talking about every time we see a commercial for Black Ink Crew, you would not know that is a tattoo. That, that's a tattoo show. All they do is argue and throw drinks at each other in the commercials. It's like how many different ways and how many different episodes and how many different uh tv shows can you come up about about black people sitting around getting drunk and throwing throwing jerks at each other and throwing and getting housewives of atlanta yeah Mm. it's like and it's the same three channels mtv bet mtv that put the stuff out and when you look at who they're owned by they're all owned by by paramount Mm -hmm. it's the same people that own them that put this junk out constantly and it makes me think of the Boondocks episode where they talk about BET being black evil television. And they have the evil BET CEO. And they just and, and Boondocks always been talking about this stuff. If you ever have if you haven't had a chance to watch Boondocks, that show been on it. But yep. just makes me think about all that, about who who owns the content creation and the content they put out and why they do that. And what's allowed for mm. us to be what's allowed for us to watch and we talk about free will you think we have free will but they're funneling this information absolutely towards us. they're funneling this content towards us they're funneling this media towards us to to have a certain narrative so mm. do we actually have free will if someone's curating everything we watch and consume i feel like that's a that's an episode <laughs> within itself bro um in terms of that because yeah you have free will if you're within that narrative the moment you start to deviate outside of it it's like all right hold on yeah we got to shut you down because you're talking crazy right now. Similar to the Kanye piece. I'll, I'll go back to that, right? Um, you could talk about specific movements that are meant to, I mean, and then we don't have to get into the gimmicks around whatever came from the the, the Black Lives Matters founders and the, the mansions and all that. But we can we can continue to push that narrative that it was a scam and that white lives matter. But then when you get into a back and forth with Diddy about Jewish people, it's like, all right, okay. Now we just gonna have to shut you down completely. Because now you're talking crazy. Um, 
Yeah, we saw that with Nick well, Cannon. <laughs> what did he say? I said we saw that with Nick Cannon when they canceled Nick Cannon, when they fired yeah. Nick Cannon oh, yeah. received for what he said. Yep. You know? mm-hmm. Didn't they try to cancel his own TV show? Yeah, they tried to sell, they tried to buy a com again. Yeah. Which Nick Cannon has made while and out has been a staple on that show, on that channel, MTV for years. Probably yeah. one of the only reasons people watch MTV or one of the shows that's been running that in ridiculousness. I've been running for years. <laughs> and then they tried to sell the show out from under him. Yeah. From the guy who's been making you all this money. But luckily, Nick Cannon owns his show. He owns his things. Mm. So you can't do that to him in that sense. So yeah, that's that's all I got, man. So thank you for letting me get that little OTR rant off my chest. Like you said, there's a couple other episodes we got we got to go into this stuff and really do a deep dive because it's a deeper, darker criminal link when we look at all that. Mm-hmm. Who owns what and, and the content that they push. That'll be a fun episode. Yeah, I'm good if you guys are good. Mook, you tell the good people where to find us? You can find us at authorrip.podcast or authorrip underscore podcast. Like I always say, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to give us a listen. You won't be disappointed. Unless you're playing Russell Wilson in any of your fantasy leagues. <laughs> you will be disappointed. <laughs> but there's been another episode of Off the Rip. Free, ain't nobody care. The worst thing to do is forget about where you came from. 